You are listening to the Jessica Bike Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbri. And I'm Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And this is the podcast where we talk about bikes just for the fun of it. There'll be tales from all over the country, all over the world, talking about cycling. Just, you know, the fun stuff about cycling. We'll have some tales from the Ragbri Nation and other stuff or whatever we just want to talk about. And um, so, come for the bike, stay for the fun, leave with a smile. That's our motto here at the Jisco Bike Podcast. And, and how are you doing this fine Iowa morning, Mark? I'm freezing. I'm not. I'm not pulling any punches. It's cold, man. What is up with this crazy, crazy weather? If I'm, uh, if I, I think it was 14 degrees this morning, and you know we're still scraping ice off cars. We just came back from Ragbri meetings, and we had a nice little snowstorm. Um, you know, since we're a little farther north than Des Moines area, but this has just been crazy. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. I, it's uh, it pushes me back in the gym and keeps me there, which uh, which is no fun. I'd rather be out on the bike, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it uh, it'll make that uh, springtime that much sweeter. I think if we I'm ever hoping. get there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the bike shops are a little frustrated because typically by now. Yeah. You know, people are riding their bikes, they're bringing their bikes in, they're like, hey, I need a new bike, I'm going to do this ride this year. And, you know, we're still, you know, inches of snow throughout most of our state, and that's just, that's not good for the bike business, is it? No. You know, and an, and an early warm spring can really, really make their year, and, and it makes a huge difference in uh, in what they're doing, so... Yeah, we'd rather see uh, we'd rather see uh, more people riding bikes and and uh, do it earlier in the year. But uh, you can't uh, you can't predict this weather. I mean, there's no uh, no no uh, no way around it. So, well, it's probably good for the Easter egg hunters because you know those colorful eggs stick out pretty good in the snow. <laughs> so you know if there's a if there's something good and positive about it, then you that's know, the silver lining through the snow. Spring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think that's it. Silver lining, yeah. So, uh, so we've just been on the road. We just met with um, the overnight town communities each and every week. Scott Garner and I, the assistant rag ride director, pack up the car and go sit down and, and and talk to the towns and help them plan out their their rag bri. And you might have seen that Ottawa came out with their theme and logo and their bands, which is kind of a, a signature oh, nice. moment for each of these towns. Uh, Ottawa put out the theme riders assemble and it's kind of an avengers superman spider-man type theme superhero theme if you will but what a cool little you know catchphrase i mean if you think about the starting town of ragbri i mean it really is riders assemble and and we're kind of like superhero-ish i've seen capes (laughs) on ragbri You've seen capes, haven't you? Exactly. I think uh, Kathy Murphy, uh, a.k.a. Murph, she has a cape. I think we've seen that on uh, some of our rides. (laughs) I I chuckle. I think of the Seinfeld episode where, you know, the man with the cape in the city. And it's like, you know, it just it conjures up that memory when someone rides with a cape, that that Seinfeld episode. So if you haven't seen the the sign, just Google Seinfeld cape and, you know, you'll you'll just get an absolute laugh out of it. So got to get a Seinfeld reference in there once a once a show if we can. Yeah. So uh, but it'll be really cool. They, um, 
you know, the, the whole riders assemble. They've got, you know, a cyclist with a cape riding and um, they announced their band 35th and Taylor. And they are barely out of high school type kids, but they are phenomenal. Really? And I'd never heard of them before. Uh, they're like, hey, you got to check out this band 35th and Taylor. And they took a chance to say, hey, you know, this is a band that's not doesn't have any ragbrag cred, if you will. But, mm-hmm. oh, man, they are they are good. Super good. Sweet. And they'll throw some originals out. And um, so, hey, I don't know if you caught, I, I mean, I'm not a TV guy watching stuff like American Idol or, or The Voice or any mm-hmm. of this cruddy reality TV stuff. But our friend, Matty Poppy, has been cruising along on, on one of those shows. And I, I just happened to, to read some things. And you you know Matty. Yeah. I've seen her out there yeah. from Clarksville. Yeah. She was, uh, so. I don't even remember what town she was playing at, Davis City or something like that. And uh, we were like, wow, what a great voice. And she had she had really good storytelling, and she was making up songs as we go, and the writers just adored her. I mean, she was great. I'm like, we got to book her for the Iowa Bike Expo, which we did. And mm-hmm. uh, she played there for a couple sets, and she was awesome. So yeah, it's nice to see her moving up to the big time. I don't think we're going to get a booker back at the Iowa Bike Expo again, at least at the rate that we booked her then. So uh, I think her price is going to go <laughs> up, but that's okay. I, sure. It's it's nice to say we gave her a start. <laughs> that's right. Hey, you know what? She'll she'll remember her roots. Oh, yeah. I I remember I remember it so well. We went through Clarksville the the first time, and Clarksville is a little town over kind of by Waverly, if I if I recall right, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, the chamber guy there was just, you know, I think it's, I think it's Jeff, if I'm not mistaken, but he was just, he's just like, uh, you, we got to have Maddie, you know, sing. And, it, it, you know, from, from that point on, it's just been like, wow, you know, who is this songbird? You know, it's so just awesome, um, you know, to see her, see her out there performing at, at the big stage and. You know, I, I, I just crack up every time I see Lionel Richie on there. I just <laughs> I, I expect him to break out in a brick house, but just uh, you know. So, I've, I've never watched the show, but I actually watched uh, her episode online just to see what the, all the fuss was about. And and I again, I saw Lionel Richie on there, and I'm just cracking up laughing. Now now brick, boom 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 boom. So so if, so, Ma- if Maddie hits it big, you know that'll be about two years, and that'll put her like. On the all-star stage for uh, for Ragbri Fifty, wouldn't it? Yeah, heck, we're just we're just cruising right to that big old five zero in the sky there. So very very cool. Yep. So hey, we wish Maddie all the luck and all the all all the you know just everything that she's doing. You know, we're we're super proud of her, and I think the whole Ragbri Nation is pulling for her, even yeah. if they don't watch the show, whatever. We're proud of you, Maddie, and, and, you know, keep it going, and um, you make us all proud. Yeah, cool. So cool. Well, we got some some good stuff coming up on the show. I know we're going to have a pair talk. I think Murph's got an interview this week because, heck, I mean, we've been thawing out bikes and stuff like that, Mark. I don't know mm-hmm. what else is going on in your world, but uh, we're just we're just cruising along waiting for the thaw. And anything else going on in the Iowa Bike Coalition world? You know, we're working on just a bunch of stuff that's coming up, and it's uh, nothing's ready for prime time. So, you know, things like 
bike to work and bike commuting. We're working on an ebook for that, which will be really cool. Uh, we're cool. working on some bike law stuff that uh, uh, on the local level that we can make some changes there. Um, yeah, we're uh, we're setting up for our uh, finishing some stuff in our strategic plan and moving that stuff forward. So, yeah, there's some really cool things that I got going. Just nothing ready for prime time yet. Yeah. Well, I know Pigtails has been taken off. We're, we're going to have a, a super crowd there for the mm-hmm. women-specific ride Pigtails that starts and, and ends at Prairie Trail over in Ankeny and goes up the High Trestle Trail, as well as the Bay Coon ride. And, you know, that ride, it's the second largest ride in the state. I think it's Bay Coon 5, if I'm not mistaken. And that's that's having a pretty good turnout, too, isn't it, Mark? It is having an awesome turnout. So, Right now, we're, you know, 60, 70, 75 tickets up from where we've been last year. Uh, We'll Mm. have about 1,000 people that will register in the month of May and another 1,000 people register in the month of June. Uh, So that'll keep us pretty busy. We're uh, just kind of starting to roll on some advertising for that stuff. Uh, So we're really excited. I think we got a great opportunity to... uh, to have a fantastic ride this year. I'm just finishing up some permit stuff and, and, uh, yeah, things are coming together. Nope. Sounded good. Okay. Well, we got a busy show, so let's get to it. Well, hello, Just Go Bike listeners. This is Kathy Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and I am here in Grinnell, Iowa today with April Cooper. Hey, April. Hey, Murph. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. So I've known, I got to know April years ago through the Ragbri Nation. It feels like so much longer. It feels like, and not in a bad way, in a good way. That's great. <laughs> We've known That's each great, other a yeah. long time. So we've spent many, many hours and days and actually weeks riding our bicycles together. Um, April and her husband, Craig, own a bike shop here in Grinnell called Bikes to You. And by far, in my opinion, the best selection of women's clothing, uh, which is, you know, I've bought a probably more than I care to admit. Your fair share. Your fair share. Yeah, definitely. So um, April is here to, or we're here together to talk about women's cycling. So April, how did you get into bicycling? Well, Murph... Uh, interesting story. I grew up on a farm in central Iowa and my parents were pretty fancy for the time because they always made sure all of us had bicycles, really 10 speed bicycles. Yeah. And we got to ride around that gravel (laughs) (laughs) on the countryside on those nice gravel roads. And I bet you those, the tires were super skinny, super skinny. But you know, as a kid, we didn't think anything about it. We just blasted all over the place on, on those. And then, um, I went off to college. I ended up taking my mom's yellow Peugeot, Ooh. and it didn't get stolen, Ooh, nice. actually, to college with me. But I ran uh, cross-country and track at Central College in Pella. And that shout out to Pella. Shout out. Go Dutch. <laughs> um, and so I didn't really have much time to ride. Everything on that campus was pretty much in walking distance. But then I did meet this guy named Craig. Oh, Craig Cooper. Yes. And he actually is responsible for selling me my first road bike. So I traded in my mom's yellow Peugeot. Oh, did she know? Okay, yes. With her permission. And um, I had a, he sold me a Trek road bike. 
And so that's when I started getting into it. And then after that time, I was able to start riding on the trail, the Red Rock Trail down in Pella and started doing a lot of road riding. And then, of course, a couple years after that, we got married. And then we started this bike shop thing about 26 years ago. Oh, my so, goodness. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, how would you describe your current riding style? Well, I consider myself pretty much a roadie at heart Mm -hmm. and maybe a social roadie. Yeah. You know, I love nothing more than being with my, my peeps and riding along the, the trails in Iowa, um, a little bit of road riding, but it's super relaxing for me and just a real getaway. Yeah. And I've seen, I mean, obviously I don't bike with you every time you're on your bike, but I've seen you on, um, some really nice road bikes, but you also, uh, are not afraid to load all your gear on your bike and, like you and Craig d- have done a couple mm-hmm. good adventures. Maybe we'll get to that later. But where you have all your gear and you are doing some touring. Totally self-contained, yeah. And that's a pretty good place to jump off. We last fall um, decided that once our, we have two children, but once the last one left the house, we were going to do a biking trip. Ooh. So we, uh, well, Craig kind of twisted my arm and I bought a cyclocross bike. And so we loaded them up. Um, took him down to Mount Pleasant, hopped on Amtrak, rode Amtrak to Cumberland, Maryland. Oh my goodness. And got off there and we rode 187 miles along the Potomac River mm-hmm. on the CNO Canal towpath. And for a roadie, this was a big step. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so, so much different than being on gravel as a kid. It was yeah. just the the trail is absolutely beautiful. It's very scenic, very historical, but you know, I'm dodging those big round black walnuts, tree roots <laughs> that will take you down things. And that was my first experience. So I kind of like to give Craig a little hard time about that, but <laughs> I survived and made it the full mountain. And it was very satisfying to ride. You end up on that trail in downtown DC and Georgetown. And, um, it was it was a it was a blast. I'm looking forward to us planning out another trip where we're self-contained like that. And I saw the photographs. I you are so right about the history and just seeing old and new. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's when you were done, you were literally in downtown yes, DC. Yes. So then you saw all the historical monuments right. and it's it yeah. just amazing photographs. I didn't feel like I was there, but I wish I was. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, what would you like, how would you describe the history of bikes to you and what role do you play here at the shop? Well, as I mentioned earlier, this is our 26th year in business here in Grinnell. Um, and for 24 of those years, I actually was a middle school teacher. So my time at the store was kind of limited between when I got off school getting those texts from Craig coming in about 3.05. I'm like, I still <laughs> have a you, classroom full of kids. Where are you? <laughs> is what the texts would say. And so I would hop down to the store and do what I could in between juggling kids and activities and things like that. And then two years ago, I decided that it was just time to switch careers and do something a little bit different. So I um, have been here at the store, and I focus all my time here, and then we have some real estate And I I work on that as well. Um, I asked Craig, actually, (laughs) to describe what what my role would be here at the bike shop. 
And his response was, you do all the important, I'm going to substitute the word that he said <laughs> to make it be stuff. So, but with that said, I do, the, I do primarily all the purchasing, the inventory management, social media, store displays, you know. Pretty much everything. <laughs> pretty much I do a little, except I'm not, I don't know how to fix like an old bike. Right. And how to do those in-depth repairs. I can change a tire and I can adjust the gears. And yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and that's good because then you can, you know, make him feel important to do something. That's right. Although Coop is very important, right? He is very important. <laughs> he is a, a, he's a good guy. <laughs> well, back to you mentioned that you do the purchasing for Bikes to You. And uh, you have a great selection of women's clothing here. I'm always, you know, excited when I come in here to see what new things you have. Um, I would say women's cycling and women's clothing have changed a ton since I started cycling. And I would assume that you agree. Yes. Oh, I mean, oh my gosh. When back in 1987, when I um, first started getting into cycling, Craig said, oh, well, he's like, you've got to get a pair of cycling shorts. <laughs> and I'll never forget. I was so mortified when he brought out the this pair of shorts men's black lycra shorts that looked like they had some sort of diaper in them it was just like super scary and they were definitely not comfortable right and I remember wearing like the style back then was like just a cotton baggy t-shirt you know because no woman wanted to show off the men's shorts what they looked like you know down there so um and I w- it was so foreign to me, I remember, because being a runner, I mean, we had all kinds of women's clothing at that time. I mean, things were designed for us. They were in colorful prints. Uh-huh. You know, I, I, could, I couldn't believe that, you know, the cycling world was so far away from that. So after we, um, I was in cycling for a few years, and right before we, start, we opened um, Bikes to You, um, there's an a lady, Georgiana Terry, who mm-hmm. has Terry Bicycle. And it wasn't until 1991, I was talking to my inside rep there, when she introduced the first women-specific apparel. In 1991. Oh and my. prior to that, I think there were some, like, kits for women, but they really weren't women-specific, you know, and they were for the racers mm-hmm. or the, you know, the professional women rider. But Georgiana Terry was kind of the you know, paving the way there to make some uh, women-specific apparel that would be appropriate for an everyday, you know, woman cyclist. So amen to her, shout out. Yeah. And so we, at that point, women could finally buy, you know, a quality pair of cycling shorts that were specifically designed for a female cyclist. And then they, she also created um, jerseys as well. And then we find ourselves 27 years later, and man, you can just, I, I wish I had enough money to buy all the fun stuff, but there are abundant styles, colors, prints, functionality, fit, you know, and what I see right now, um, we don't see a ton of it here in the Midwest, but um, from following friends that are cyclists in other parts of the country, definitely the urban lifestyle apparel is uh, designed for, you know, a female commuter. So, um they can wear their, you know, cycle to work in their clothes and they can either, you know, shower and 
and, and change out of that, but it's very, very much designed for that. Or actually, just if you don't have that far of a commute, you can just wear that, those pieces of clothing, you know, at work. They're, they're business appropriate enough that, you know, that that can be done. So you're saying that it's cycling clothing that looks like normal clothing, but yet it still is functional as far right. as being on your bicycle and right. not stretching out or being too tight in the wrong right. places. And Very technologically designed fabrics. Oh, yeah. I would say, you know, that wick and um, the fit, it's not going to get out of shape. I mean, and they have such great hand, you know, to the different, some of the different fabrics. Mm-hmm. And then the other, one of the other things, it's not, like I said, it's not trendy here but on the both of the coasts is women's mountain biking clothing I mean it's just they've done some incredible stuff with that and then I know that Murph do you have a pair of bibs yet I don't know cycling bibs but you have talked about them for I think it was last year too that you talked about it no and so those are something and I did jump off and I did want to find out for myself why all the the males like these bibs. Well, and, and take a second to explain what bibs mean to people who maybe have never tried them or don't, have never seen mm-hmm. them. So it's a short, and then it has um, a man, a men's pair of bibs has kind of a, I don't know if you'd call it like shoulder strap over, you know, the top. So it's, and it kind of, it's like a, a one piece. piece. It almost yeah. looks like a wrestling singlet, yes, kind of. of. Yes, but it kind of does, except that it's cut lower you know in the front and the back yeah but yeah that's a that's a, a nice description of what it looks like and you know men have worn bibs for years especially the racers and things like that and the major advantage of bibs are just for comfort you know they don't have a, a twi- tight waistband and so that kind of eliminates the muffin top oh and actually <laughs> you know? if it's if they're like bib type, there's no waistband at all, right? No, oh, no nice. So, yeah, muffin top is mm-hmm. disappeared. Muffin top is gone. <laughs> and uh, they won't slip down. And a lot of people think they give more support and compression, you know, to the abs. Mm-hmm. So, essentially, they're supposed to look and feel better than what typical bike shorts are. And they designed those for women then, so they made more of a halter mm-hmm. strap that goes around the neck, and it's easily removable mm-hmm. so that you don't have issues when you have to use the restroom. Right. That's right? exactly that's, what I was thinking. Yeah. So, um, And also, the bibs for women, is it just like the men's where you have to wear a jersey as well, or is it literally a one-piece outfit? It is. You still need to wear a jersey. I haven't seen any... My complete yeah like a, it would complete. be like a, a romper a unit hard <laughs> I don't know maybe something. we should invent that maybe we should. A one a literally a one piece biking unit for women <laughs> that could be interesting yeah we might be onto something Murph all right you heard it here just go bike listeners <laughs> when you see it on the market we had it the idea first <laughs> well in my opinion um Comfort and style are pretty important, but it also is important to feel good and at least in your mind think that you look good. Like, you know, I personally um, don't, I rarely wear padded shorts and that's a whole different topic. I've been biking a long time and I don't, I just don't. I'm probably not normal. Well, there are a number of women though that, that don't wear cycling shorts. Yeah. Yeah. But I do wear compression shorts without Mm -hmm. a chamois in them. And then uh, I'm a skirt girl. So I have dozens and dozens of skirts. There's a couple people in Cedar Rapids where I bike that 
you know, think I only have one black mm-hmm. skirt because they see me in black skirts all the time. And I'm not going to invite them to my home, but if I did, <laughs> there's a drawer. I, have, I bet you I have 15 black skirts. So anyway, that's besides the point. But uh, comfort and style come to mind when I think of women's cycling gear. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I definitely would agree with you, Murph. You know, comfort and style really come to my mind, too, when I am working with female customers, mm-hmm. you know, to try to pick that um, a style that works for them. And basically... I think women don't realize how important it is to have that specific chamois in there that is has just the right cut because you're talking about you want to eliminate bunching and you know seam abrasion mm-hmm. on the inside of the leg where the where your leg meets the saddle mm-hmm. or, or your seat is so important um, and another thing too is that many women don't know how to select a short a cycling short and you know it goes by miles like how many miles you intend intend to ride at a single time or at at one time I guess I should say um and both both of my um companies that I that I stock and carry you know have really offered a great um variety as Mm -hmm. far as fashion you know prints you know print on and one leg and not on the other leg and different styles and patterns um and uh, they just want to keep things as feminine as possible Mm -hmm. so we're not back in the 80s 80s (laughs) all wearing the men's (laughs) shorts but I was going to also mention that I think you know I'd like to add fit and then functionality Mm-hmm. to that you know list I mean I know comfort is super important you know and style um but for instance this 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 year we have um one of my companies is offering a whole collection of clothes called pennies and petunia mafia Ooh. Ooh. and another one called the smitten kitten <laughs> <laughs> so I mean they're starting to actually you know build whole collections and giving them names and you know you can buy what you want out of that. Well, and the nice thing about if I'm hearing you right with collections is that you can, it's kind of like the new version of Granimals when we were kids. So you right. can mix and match. So mm-hmm. sometimes you wear your jersey with this pair of shorts, sometimes with that. Yeah. So you might not need to get six outfits for a week long trip. You could maybe get three, three. and interchange right. them. Yes. So, and uh, to one of your points that you said before, um, so a person who maybe rides their bike 10 miles a day would have a different style of short than someone who rides a hundred miles a day. Right. You know, it goes, I always call it recreational. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that's really for 30 miles or less a day. And then we have that kind of the middle section where I call it more performance Mm -hmm. and then more like a touring for, you know, if you're going to get up to a hundred miles a day. Right. So you kind of, figure out what kind of chamois you need right based on that and if you're new to cycling and you're you know I don't want to wear padded shorts because mm-hmm. they look weird I think that either c- go into a bike shop and and really find out what they all mean or learn the hard way and <laughs> go right. on your first long ride and you'll have hot mm-hmm. spots you know in weird places on your body maybe chafing you will definitely, after all that heals, then you'll want to go into right. your bike shop. And that's the key after all that heals, because you don't want to be trying to figure that out while you have 
Right. Think of little issues. babies with diaper right. rash. Once it starts, it's yeah. Yeah. We don't we don't need to talk about it, right? No, probably shouldn't get into that. <laughs> and then the other thing I was going to say or mention is with the fit. You know, uh, when the cycling clothing for women first came out, it was very, you know, small, medium, large you know, and maybe an extra large. Mm -hmm. And now the, both of the brands I carry, you know, we have one X, three X, you know, all the way up so that really, uh, any woman Mm -hmm. should not be scared or intimidated to, to get cycling appropriate clothing Mm -hmm. and have it fit, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and be flattering at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then functionality, I think it's really important. I talked a little bit about that when we were talking about the commuting um, style. But for just for a quick example, I have a top that's called the Soleil top. And I have sold several of those tops for women. And they they wear those, even though they're, they have three pockets in the back mm-hmm. for cycling, but they have such a lightweight fabric. They wear them under a blazer or oh, a jacket nice. at work. Yeah. And they are, you know, usually in very vibrant colors and designs and they have wicking ability and women uh, rave about those. So, you know, that's when you're going to spend, you know, $50 or $90, whatever it is on a piece of cycling clothing. I like to try to show women how it can be functional and other yeah, you can wear Aspect. it more than you can wear it more than when you're on your bike. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and the pockets are key. I mean, oh, if you yeah. ever go on a bike ride and you are wearing a jersey or some sort of top that doesn't have pockets, that's when you realize how important those pockets are. Exactly. I use mine yes. all the time. Well, what do you think uh, the future holds for women cycling clothing? Well, I think we're in a time when I mean it's just super bright, and every season when my uh, reps come through and show me the lineup for the next season, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the best, you know, ever. The amount of creativity and the design features that are available are just phenomenal. Um, And I think that I've seen it in both of the companies that I carry, how they bring in a designer, uh, a new designer who kind of breathes in new, you know, style, creativity and design and how that, um, really influences what they have to offer. Um, And I think something else that's really important is that um, companies are very respectful and very um, responsive to consumers' requests and what they would like to see. And so I think, you know, we're just living in this technological age where that's really helpful too, to the cycling to the to the cycling apparel business. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, you've been in the biz for, did you say 26 years? 26 years. And a cyclist your whole life. What kind of advice would you give to women who are just getting into the sport of cycling? Uh, you know, I think the most important thing is to make sure that you get fit for your bicycle. Ah. So go to a bike shop who has a knowledgeable sales staff who will devote the time to making you comfortable on your bicycle Mm -hmm. when you first start out. You need to find a comfortable saddle or seat. You need to have the correct hand position. Those are really two important things. And then um, go from there. And you're not going to ride your bicycle if if you're not comfortable. Right. So you really have to start there. And then making sure that you have, you know, at least one pair of cycling shorts that, that you can ride in and maybe some gloves. 
Um, and I would say start your start your goals off small, mm-hmm. you know, and then build your distance up. I know I do. I host a weekly bike ride here at, that leaves from our shop. And I most shops, I think, mm-hmm. around Iowa have something of the same. But if you can kind of get in with other women, you don't feel intimidated. I wouldn't recommend going on a... I mean, I'm not being sexist or anything, but I wouldn't <laughs> recommend going, you know, out with some people that are, you know, doing an Ironman triathlon and they're training. They're just totally right. hardcore cyclists. But right. find a group of women to to ride with and, you know, get going and take it from there. Mm-hmm. And that uh, saddle placement and hand placement is so important. And if you've got, you know, a new rider who maybe they do their first 10 mile ride and their back is killing them, mm-hmm. that's not normal. So they it should go not. back to their bike shop and say, here's where it hurts. And then I'm sure mm-hmm. you guys see that all the time here at this shop. Where, and then, you know, ah, let's move your saddle up or down or let's, uh, I've gone right. through that every time I get a new bike where if I have a little bit of an issue, you talk to the bike shop and usually they know exactly how to fix it. Exactly. Yep. Excellent. Well, how about a favorite pie, April? <laughs> well, <laughs> since you asked the question, I yeah. had to think about this because it was a tie between two oh, different pies, two pies. But I have to go with French silk. Yes. That, with the chocolate with the chocolate curls on the top of the yeah. whipped cream and my homemade French silk pie or my mom's homemade French silk pie is the bomb. Oh, yum. So that's yeah. it. So. I remember, I think it was last year when we were on a bike ride together for Ragbri route inspection. And we walked into, I can't remember if it was a church or it was some sort of oh, community in the center. of that. I think it was in the basement of that church. Yes. It? And there were like probably 40 pieces of pie and they weren't in the pie tin they were literally each on individual plates and I think we all like lost our breath like like oh my god like how are we how, pick? how many pieces yeah. can we have and I think there's a picture of um our photographer remember that he was like trying to hold like hold all those pieces <laughs> of pie I think you're right oh my yeah. gosh I'm I need a piece of pie right now um, well, thank you so much, April, for letting us come into Bikes to You and telling us about women's cycling. And, um, and then hopefully you'll be able to help me shop in the next, after we get off this recording. Yeah, thanks for coming <laughs> out over to Grinnell, Kathy. It's been a lot of fun. Sure, you bet. Well, listeners, I leave you with a quote from the unwritten book of Murphology. This quote comes from Charlie Chaplin. A day without laughter is a day wasted. Think about it. Are you ready to Parrot Talk with me? That's right. This is Andrea, and this is Parrot Talk. I'm here today after a crazy two-week period of finalizing RAGBRAI week-long registrations. Um, It has been crazy, but it has been fun because I love talking to all the different riders as they start to work on their plans for the ride um, and getting their teams together, all that stuff. Normally, I work with inanimate objects like merchandise and jerseys Um, and this is my one of the times of the year that I get to work with actual human beings so that's kind of fun Um, so we've received approximately 1 million emails this over the last couple weeks and a couple of them stood out to me as something I'd like to parrot talk about 
Um, first of all, Chris from Chicago emailed me about he wants to camp on the ride, uh, but he and his group would like were wondering if there is a place where they could camp next to someone's home to shower in. And I also received an email from Joanne from Washington State who would like to camp but uh, would like to use a hammock and would also like to be near a shower, which wouldn't we all. So I thought I'd talk about those today a little bit. Um, First of all, great question. You're out on a bike. You get to town. What the heck do you do? Where are you going to go? I would like to say first and foremost that Ragbri is a camping event. I love camping on Ragbri. It's my favorite way to go. But if you have certain exceptions or certain physical limitations or if you have a young rider with you or if you have a large team that you'd like to stay all together on a property, there are certain reasons why you might want to do a homestay on Ragbri. Um, so, you know, I thought I'd talk about that a little bit today. Homestays, again, are not for everyone and you are not guaranteed to stay with a home. They usually go through all the applications that they receive, they being the overnight towns, Um, And they select homestay people based on need, basically, and if they're a match for the people that volunteered to host riders. Um, So I'm kind of ahead of myself, though. How do you apply to have a homestay on RAGBRAI? What you have to do, first of all, wait until May 1st. If you contact Overnight Towns before May 1st, it will very likely jeopardize your chance of receiving a homestay on RAGBRAI or being selected for a homestay. So hold your horses until May 1st. You're going to need your RAGBRAI week-long wristband number anyway. And we don't run the lottery until May 1st, so there's no point in getting ahead of yourself. So uh, after May 1st, you log, you visit the websites of the overnight town where you would like to stay. That's their RAGBRAI website, not just their regular community website. But we'll have all those listed on RAGBRAI.com. You'll be able to find them there if you can't just Google for it. Um or you can just Google for it, excuse me. Um, and there will be a link there where you can apply. It'll probably cost you about $3 to apply just because it takes them a lot of time and effort to go through and process all these applications. So just a minimal fee to cover that cost. Um, and then they'll go through all the, the applications. It's kind of like when you first go to college and they take all your information and they try to match you with a roommate in the dorm like so that you all you kind of jive together, hopefully. Um, except I think that the RAGBRAI homestay selection process is a little more successful (laughs) than college roommates, although I love my college roommate. Hey, Libby, how's it going? Um, Anyway, so they'll match you up with someone, and you can maybe get someone's yard. You can maybe stay in their guest room. You can maybe, um, you know, anywhere in between those two extremes. Um, Just try to find some accommodation for you. Again, these spots are limited. So only apply if you really feel like you have a circumstance that would necessitate a homestay. There is a plenty of campground camping for both tents and for RVs that will be provided in the main campground. Now, the main uh, RV campground and the main camping campground may be separate, but, you know, maybe that's a good thing. You don't have to be camping next to a generator, you know, or you don't have to try to drive your RV through a bunch of tents. Probably for the best. And a lot of times that's what happens because who has a space large enough for 10,000 campers. Um, Again, I would like to reiterate, camping is the best way to go on RAGBRAI if you are physically able and willing. You know, for 90% of the riders, that is going to be the best way to go. I love the community. I love the spirit of roughing it on RAGBRAI. 
And it's really not even that bad. You get 50 pounds worth of luggage that we'll carry for you for free as a part of your wristband package. You know, bring your sleeping pad and your little fan and some earplugs and you are going to be golden as a camper. But I just wanted to put out there that it is possible to stay in a home if, say, you want to all camp together or you have someone in a wheelchair who can ride with a hand bike and needs, you know, specific accommodations or you know, you might if you want to throw up a hammock and hammock and you don't know there's going to be any trees in the main campground, you know, throw in an application and see what comes back. That's all I got to say. So again, no guarantees. I can't say that enough time. No guarantees. Um, Ragbri is a camping event. Probably sick of me saying that, so I'm going to shut up about that. Um, you know, let me know if you have any questions about that. Happy to answer. Um, and the towns will be happy to answer. Again, the overnight towns are the ones who mainly coordinate homestays and camping. So if you have specific questions about, say, where the campground is going to be or how to apply for camping, wait until May 1st, then ask the towns and they will help you out. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit. We received so many emails over the last couple of weeks uh, to our Just Go Bike email account. And thank you so much for all those if you suggested an idea for an episode or a parrot talk or anything like that, we are I rounded all those up and we are looking into them and we are going to get back to you on those very soon. So exciting. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to Laura, who's probably walking her dog right now. We love dogs on Ragbri and at the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. So, hey, little puppy, how you doing? Give her a little biscuit for me or him. Um, Craig from Spirit Lake, he wrote us a nice email. Um, he has... 30-year RAGBRAI veteran and has ridden almost every kind of bike known to humankind on RAGBRAI. Craig, you're awesome. Um, but I'd like to leave this parrot talk with a little quote that um, someone named Betsy sent in. I only care about whose pie is best. I hear you, Betsy. Um, and you know what? There's only one way to find out whose pie is best. So there you go. Um, if you'd like to email us, you can reach out to us at JustGoBike at gmail.com. Sorry, JustGoBikePodcast at gmail.com. JustGoBikePodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> um, but if you'd like to reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, it's JustGoBike. All one word. And you send us a message. Send us a post. Send us a picture. I love hearing from you. Squawk at you later. <laughs> Okay, we've come to the end of another edition of the Jessica Bike Podcast. So I appreciate you tuning in each and every week. And, you know, however you get this podcast, if it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, whatever. As long as you're tuning in, I don't care if you got a coconut and a string and you're listening to it, but we appreciate it. And who, who's this uh, podcast made possible by, Mark? You know, we got three, <clears throat> three really great sponsors. Think... Uh... Uh, think Iowa City and its curious surrounding communities. Uh, we're really excited to be a part of that. Um, and it's great bicycling over here. So if you get a chance, come over to Iowa City. Um, Bikes to You out of Grinnell, uh, one of the best bike shops, uh, one of the best women's outfitters, and uh, one of the best rag bright charters and, and uh, bike shops that you can find out there on the road. Uh, so if you get a chance, go say hi to Craig and April. They're really awesome people. And then finally, Primalware, Denver, Colorado's best 
they have custom jerseys, shorts, gloves, socks, accessories, whatever you're looking for. You need arm warmers, you need caps, PrimaWare can take care of you. Uh, so check out PrimaWare for all your custom needs. Yeah, that's our big sponsors. Very cool, very cool, Mark. Well, you know, it's it's just interesting. We're always going to talk about the fun side of cycling and, you know, just kind of keeping up with, with what's going on in the bike world and how things are kind of different for us. I'm looking at, oh, results are coming in from the Tour of Flanders, and I'm like, you know, unless Ned Flanders is riding in the Tour of Flanders, we're not going to be <laughs> reporting on it. So, um, nice. you know, because uh, I think Bart and, and Homer and Ned would be, make a nice little team there. So, um but anyway, we're always going to talk about the fun stuff that's going on, and that's our philosophy here on this show. We're sticking to it. Um, so if you're if you're looking for stuff about racing or you know just you know power meters and all that kind of stuff, that we're not going to talk about that. That okay with you, Mark? That's just fine. With okay. Me. All right. You got any words of wisdom to leave us with this week, Mark? Hey, you know, we're in day four of the 30 Days of Bicycling Challenge. I, I'm going to be honest. I missed one day. It was cold and rainy and set. it's not happened today. Um, but otherwise, I got I got two out of the three days on a bike. How'd you do? No comment. Next question, please. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey, we owe... We always live one day at a time. So today Yellow. is your start. Yeah, of you, thirty days of bicycling. You can't. So. You, you know. Yeah. You got. You got to start somewhere. And uh, when it's fourteen right. degrees out and snowing, <laughs> just not in the mood to get out and do it. You know, at fourteen degrees, you not going to happen. You know, but my my ride was one mile. That's all the further it okay. was. And I was like, okay, I'm done. My cheeks are cold, and uh, I'm having enough. Yeah. So. You know, it's just getting out there that really counts. It's just against my personal constitution to ride when it's that friggin' cold outside. <laughs> I understand. Well, whatever it takes, let's just get out there and just go. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out JustGoBike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.